0: hi this is tanya valentine author of little taco truck and you are listening to the manifesto with billy brew
1: do not adjust your sets yes this is live radio i'm back this is the manifesto with billy brew thank you very much for making my show a part of your thursday listening uh, habits uh we're, listening, we're here on The Real 1100 AM in Atlanta, Georgia. And yeah, we uh, took last week off, of course, and then we had a best of the week before, so it's great to be back in the studio and live. It's always good to be live. You can also listen while you work, uh, streaming live at real1100.com. Um, where are we? We're also on TuneIn Radio. There's also a Real 1100 um, app for your iPhone and Android the Manifesto with Billy Brew has a Facebook page as well. I'm also on podcasts. We actually take this show and we'll turn it into a podcast that you can find out on the Apple Podcast and Google Podcast platforms. And I'd like to say good morning to Greg. I haven't seen Greg in like, seems like three weeks. Good morning, Greg. He's holding everything together. And uh, this hour of the Manifesto with Billy Brew is brought to you by Solzer. Sulzer.
0: Introducing Sulzer, a brand communications agency dedicated to helping companies with their unique marketing needs. No matter the size or scope of the project or client, Sulzer always starts with research and follow-through to create brands and campaigns that truly unite consumers with products and services they want and need. Capabilities include integrated campaigns, digital products and services, copywriting, content development, rebranding, new company logo design, website building, and much, much more. To find out all the capabilities of Sulzer and how they could partner with you and your company to meet your marketing needs, please visit their website at sulzerinc.com, S-U-L-Z-E-R-I-N-C.com, or call their office at 813-920-9825, 813 920 9825. Empowering brands, connecting people. That Sulzer.
1: Yeah, check those guys out. They are um, based out of Tampa, but they are uh, making a name for themselves here in the Atlanta market. So if your your company has any marketing needs, whether it's a a full-fledged campaign or just a part, kind of like a a sub-team for you you guys, give those guys a call. They'll they'll really help you out. All right. If you're a first-time listener to the show, thank you very much for uh, taking a chance on my show. And if you're a long-time listener, I can't thank you enough. I'm thanking you as we speak, and I really appreciate it. And if you know the mantra, it's ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I had a guest. I do a little housekeeping here, as they say. Um, I had a great guest lined up, and I'm going to have have him on future shows, but due to some scheduling conflicts, uh, we had to reschedule him for a later date but I made one phone call one phone call, and this guy came through he is a former guest he's incredible and uh, I'm just going to just say please welcome Tony gorillo but thank you. you you really I mean this is you're hitting here.
2: I feel I feel good. I feel like I'm uh, doing my charity work for the week, right? <laughs> That's right. So right. you're on work release program or something like that. It's right. No, it's always a treat. Always
1: well, a treat. Well, thank you. Here. This is your second time here, and um, literally, this is a uh, you came to bat and you saved the show. So thank you very much. I even combed my hair. Yes, you, do. you look great. <laughs> you smell great too. So, all right. Um, we're just I. I kind of said, you know, I interviewed Tony last year whenever you were here, and it's more of an interview of him, but we're just going to be talking today. You're kind of like my co-host, and we'll just throw some things around. I do have questions for you, though.
2: Yeah, sounds like it. We have to, uh, have a lot of ground to cover almost. But I have to do so,
1: a shameless plug. You are, of course, the creator of the best music video ever, ever, ever made in the history of music videos. Of course, that's Blankets and Chairs by the artists formerly known as Horse and uh I just that 's such a fun thing. I know we hashed, uh, you know talked about it last, but I like to rehash it a little bit because I played it last night, and it 's like what you did created live action with animation, and you made me look fat uh, <laughs> <in> my, <laughs> I did a little pudgier than I thought I would be, but anyway, uh, all how, in
2: the name of art artistry that
1: 's right that 's right how, what, how long did that take you overall and, and was it was it truly a fun project
2: it was a fun project I mean you know those projects where um, you know, and you guys are a local band. Yes. I don't expect you to come in with thousands and thousands of dollars and just be like, "Here, we're going to throw a." You know, <laughs> I, it's it's when I get a project like that, and it's like, "Look, we've we've got this small budget, and I have an opportunity to kind of just do what I want to do." Yeah, it's ridiculous because I'm really, you know, I wind up working for like you know sub minimum wage oh, many times over, <laughs> but it's worth it to me that i'm enjoying myself and even that and this is one of those things you learn in the in the industry of animation or you know anywhere in the arts is that you give somebody an opportunity to kind of do what they love to do a lot of times they will take that like much lower (laughs) you know uh pay grade and stuff and i still do it for that chance and and it was it was like a great chance to work on a video where i was mixing this is what i've really been enjoying doing mixing video with animation with motion graphics um, you know, having an opportunity to create and tell my own story. I say my own story. It was it was our story. It was your, you know, I was looking at what you guys were all about. Yeah. And how do we connect all that together into a video that sort of, uh, I feel like, you know, we were taking the song, the lyrics of the song. Um, and Literally almost. Yeah, but almost like twisting them around a little bit. Um, and Armand, you know, the lead singer and former... Boyfriend of my wife. You know, know. That's, that's gets, how I know you guys. It gets it's,
1: contorted, doesn't it? It really <laughs> does.
2: But um, you know, he's singing a song almost from the point of view of a guy who's uh, you know bitter and 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 uh, you know just uh, maybe feeling a little. Um, uh, uh, jilted or, or, or you know mistreated by yeah. the woman so I almost like took that song and those lyrics and did it from the woman's point of view
1: yeah and I thought that was brilliant because yeah there's some sort of angst in the it's I guess our version of a love song it's yeah like, yeah you know right you stick it to the woman and we you know but in the other way I liked how you turned it and made her basically the the uh, the live action uh, star of the of the right, video, right? Right. Uh, was that Kimberly Hamilton?
2: Yes. Yeah, she was uh, fantastic. Amazing, Kim Yeah. Yeah, and and,
1: and really so, good. but made her empowered her, made her the superhero of the song.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, in, in, in doing so, I don't feel like it was ever in conflict with the original intent of the song either. It was we, kind of you know a fun way to. Uh, to take those those uh, those moments out of the song that feel like oh you know like I know what my wife first listening she's like it sounds like they're a little bitter here And I'm like <laughs> we're all bitter <laughs> yeah yeah aren't we all we've all been through this yeah that's what rock and roll is man that's right
1: so have you done music videos a lot before or since
2: a few that was about um, four or
1: five years ago we did that with you
2: God was yeah, it that was that
1: long? long ago yes it was
2: uh, since, not a music video, I don't think I've done one of, uh, you know, I did a few for, um, mixed jeans, which, uh, that's actually my sister's band. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot of fun with those Did a lot of effects in those, uh, did some, I just actually, uh, and we'll get into the. This process I'm going through, but I've had to spend a lot of time with a lot of my early work lately, yeah. digitizing and getting rid of things, tapes and stuff, and discovered oh yeah, I did you know music video for uh, I don't know if you remember the band Rockin' Bones way I back. I do, in the day. Yeah. yeah. Sean Moran and, and those guys um so i did a you know a video for them and and i was like oh yeah this was fun and then i'd worked on several uh we'd worked on one for cameo and and really? some of yeah cool. and some of the bands that he produced um uh, uh the guy
1: larry uh, larry blackman
2: yeah and um i think there was even um God, there was a couple other bands that you know when i would either go and shoot like b-roll footage yeah. or or i would be doing some effects and and some editing and stuff so you know, I've had some experience with music videos, but generally it's that story. It's, you know, look, we're a, you're a, we're a young band. We're just starting out. You know, I don't, you know, uh, John Mayer's not going to show up at my house and be like, hey, dude, will you do it? You know, I don't yeah. have an agent. I don't work with, uh, uh, into that, you know, I don't have a network of, of big Hollywood guys that would call on me to do stuff like this. But
1: Was, was going through, and, having, and we'll explain why you had to digitize all your old stuff, but is that like going through an old
2: photo album? It and is go,
1: and going. Oh, I remember this. Yeah,
2: and you, you know your mission here, as uh, you know, should you choose to accept it, because <laughs> and you do because you know your wife will divorce you if you don't. Is to get <laughs> rid of all this stuff. Yeah, whatever you got to do. We are not putting all this stuff in a box and taking it with us, um, you know, you have to get rid of it. And, of course, you know, that conflicts with, oh, look how young I was. And, you know, (laughs) I think I I made that mullet work. Yeah, Yeah, you know.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And speaking of your wife, the great
2: great – (laughs) <laughs> author,
1: Tanya Valentine, had her on the show and she it's one of my most popular shows of... of, of, of people is listen to it right? all the time. Oh, it's just wow. fantastic. And of course, her latest book is Little Taco Truck. And yeah. I think, it, it, from what I understand, it's going
2: gangbusters. it I mean, you know, it's not like, I mean, it's not like a taking born born the world by storm, but it has legs. Like, it just keeps it growing and, and like it hasn't slowed down. That's the thing. And that's what's kind of cool to watch it, you know, developing a, a following slowly over the years. Did I not see a review
1: from the New York Times? Yeah.
2: That's so cool. And yeah, and a you good one at that. Yeah, yeah, not not everybody gets those, you know? No, it was really neat to, you know, these things just pop up. Oh, by the way, you know, to her publisher, this is like, oh, yeah, we finally got to the Times article, and, you know, it's happening. And to her, you know, oh, my God, New York <laughs> Times, you know, yeah. you know? I'll be, you know, I'll sort of trick people. I'll be like, yeah, she made the New York Times list, you know, in parentheses, of people who they – interviewed for yeah. in the yeah. website you know and
1: i do remember her she i think she was on uh, the local uh, pb uh, pba station that's right do the press races. junkies and yeah. stuff like that, that was cool. that's cool well
2: uh, she doing all right she doing well she's doing great you know uh she is the, the number one greatest taskmaster and you know anything that she's not Excellent at doing, she'll become excellent at doing if it means, you know, our survival as a family. So, right now, she's, you know, leading us th- through the process of, of, uh, you know, moving ourselves. And yeah. should we dive right into this? We are. Uh,
1: you know, that's a great segue, even though that really
2: wasn't a segue. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to. Um, All right,
1: you guys are doing something completely different, and um, it's it's fascinating to me for a million reasons. But you guys are moving
2: abroad. We're moving abroad. And the first, peop, you know, thing people are going to ask you is, do you have a job over? You know, yeah. S- did somebody hire you over there? Did somebody? No, nobody. You
1: really have no job? Do you have a place to live yet?
2: No, we don't have a place <laughs> to live yet because there's, you know, it's it's difficult. They they uh, where we're moving. So we're moving to the Netherlands. Okay. Um, and there's a town outside of Amsterdam called Harlem, which is, you know, when you walk around the streets of Harlem, it's like being in Disneyland, you know, just the beautiful old architecture and everything, you know. Wow, Walt must have designed this place. No, it's been here for hundreds of years, and um, it's just a really magical place, and uh, there is um, – you know uh, there's a there 's a lot of demand for uh, apartments there it 's very limited you know they literally stole this land from the ocean, and uh you know there 's only so much you know there 's a lot of like open spaces that you can ride bikes on and walk through, but mm-hmm. as far as like we 're going to build houses here in a place where we know water will not flood and rise to there 's kind of a limited amount of that and so there 's a lot of people fighting for this these little apartments and we 're you know, they basically say, you know, don't even try to get an apartment until you're like within a few weeks of moving into it, because okay. otherwise, you know, it's it's gonna go.
1: I mean, that's something that you can't from say from from the United States. You can't call and say, "Hey, post properties Netherlands. Can we uh, can we put a, a four month deposit on it and hold it?" You can. It with, you you can? can. Okay. You
2: just have to start. You know, you just have to wait and start when you're ready to do that. You know? Okay. So in other words—, in other words um, You
1: can't buy your—you can't buy six months. They Buy one and lease it for six months. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's not very physical responsible, but— But
2: most people in the—you know, and I don't want to get into the technical legal parts of yeah. it, but it, there's a—you know, there's a there's a, a very large hump you have to get over of. Yeah. You can't get an apartment w- without a—what's called a BSN, which is their social security number. You get that okay. when you show up. But you can't get a BSN unless you have an address. so it's the whole catch-22 okay so so there's like a couple of workarounds you have to do and you know most and i say you can't get there are landlords who will rent to you without this that and the other and we were you know initially going to go over there and buy but then there's the whole uh well you got to get a loan and they won't loan you money because they don't give a damn about your your credit score here in america they want to know what's your job what are you doing over here so we're going to go, we're going to rent an apartment, and then over time we'll develop our, uh, you know, presence and be able to yeah. buy a place eventually. Why
1: the Netherlands and not Sri Lanka or, right, right. you know, Chile or, or anywhere?
2: Well, it's um, it's funny. We were actually looking at a few different places. So we're at that point in our life. We're ready for that next adventure. And that's okay. a part of it. And there's plenty of reasons. i can happy to spell them all out in the time we have. Uh, but, yeah, we... Um, uh, started doing a little research and had a friend that introduced us to his friend who had just moved over there. Okay. And essentially, they have a program called the DAFT program, which uh, means uh, Dutch-American Friendship Treaty. And it's been in place since the 50s, which essentially says if you show up and start a business here and keep a certain amount of money in the bank and all that stuff, you get a two-year visa to stay. Okay. Straight off the bat. And with that visa, you can work as a contractor if you need to, you know, whatever. Um, and then if after two years you meet certain requirements, then you can apply for a five-year visa. So we'll see where we are in two years. We might be like, this is great, but we want to move to Italy or whatever. You know, it's just uh, – it's a step. But
1: okay. we so- have
2: found that we've really – do meet a lot of great, happy people there, yeah. and we're starting to, you know, we might just fall in love with this place. I was going to say, stay. if you
1: do, then would you consider permanent residency there?
2: We would. I think at this point, the whole, you know, the whole painting is that we are not, we're not making any definitive decisions. Okay. You know, we we're, we're, we know what we're doing. So even for over the there, two years. Okay,
1: so you'll still be fluid, even though you're over there. You you may not be. The roots won't be too deep.
2: Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it's just all about. Exploring. We're at that age now where, uh, you know, another 10 years, you know, our, our bones are not really going to work well <laughs> enough to kind of put this kind of energy into something. So yeah. this is really our, our at our age, it's like our last chance to really go and explore the world. We've always been curious about. Um, but, you know, there's more to it than that. Sure. We have kids. One of them's getting ready to go to college. There's no way we're going to be able to afford college here. Um, and uh, college there is actually well within, uh, you know, an affordable range. And so is healthcare. Yeah. Healthcare is another thing. You sure. Know, we spend more time at doctors now than we ever have. And it's just gotten to the point where. You know, This ain't gonna work. I almost feels like we're doctor dependent. Doctor dependent. That's uh, right. That would be a will. good character. Ooh, Let me yeah. write that. Write down. that down. Yeah. Doctor I, dependent. I get ten percent of whatever. <laughs>
1: you, you're, you're on it. Uh, um, so, so you mentioned your kid. You got two boys. And what? How, what are their thoughts? Did you? Have, was this a sell job that you had to sell to them? So hey guys, all your friends here
2: in Georgia, <laughs> you, say goodbye. <laughs> you say that as if we've successfully sold it to oh, them at maybe this you point. It yeah. Okay. It's always going back and forth. The <laughs> oldest one, he's 17, and he likes to say, you know. I'll be I'll always be like, look, when we get to the Netherlands, we'll do it. And he, and he always follows up with, if we get to the Netherlands, <laughs> if we move. Is he going like, to sabotage I'm it like, or Charlie, something? you understand that the, our house is under contract. We are out on the thirtieth. We are definitely going to the Netherlands if we go to the – Okay. Uh, the youngest one is eleven. Um, you know, they're both like, why are we doing this, you guys? And they don't realize how how good it's going to be for them yet. And again, we've talked to a lot of people. Their kids are really happy they're very independent over their kids because it's a very safe place there's very little crime yeah even the weird crime like the you know pedophilia and things Uh, like that there's just less of all of that over there for some i don't know why like i or is
1: it not as publicized as everything here is publicized
2: right and i'm sure that's all
1: you know social media whatever
2: yeah yeah i mean I am not, I can't be certain. Of course, I'm sure there's a certain amount of that, uh, like what we were in the 70s. We just didn't talk about it that yeah. much. But it is, a lot of it is like stepping back in time. Um, you know, you're, you are without question giving up a lot of the modern conveniences, the instant gratifications that we take for granted here. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that, therein lies some of the key to the happiness that they're known for over there. And that's really, you know, I was we were talking a little earlier um, I boil this move down to one key thing, and that is, you know, happiness. It's about seeking something that we may not have successfully, you know, and completely found here. That um, the more we research and the more we find out, that there is just a general happier populace over there. Are you unhappy here? I think it's difficult being happy here. I, I do. And it doesn't mean, you know,
1: you find happiness
2: in the little things, certainly your wife and your family and stuff like that. Sure. But
1: overall, you're not happy at all
2: here. Overall, uh, you know, again, I don't. There's moments of joy, sure. Obvious, yeah. Right.
1: This is one of them. This but, interview.
2: Yes, this is a moment <laughs> of joy. I uh, <laughs> I make sure to deal with the thing I hate the most, which is traffic, and and get here so that we could do this. Thank you very much. Um, no, but it's it's uh, uh, you know I can't say that we've been entirely happy, and I can't I can definitely say it's. It's depleted. And I think, sure. you know, the source of this, whatever it is, but I think stress is the big issue.
1: And now that you have an end game and an end plan, right? then maybe the unhappiness is compounded here.
2: Sure. Traffic
1: and sure. the heat and whatever. It's easy it's to like, do that, yeah. Oh,
2: God. Thank but God, I also have this. those moments when I'll be rolling down a Georgia road that twists and curves and the sun's hitting the trees just right. And you're yeah. like, God, this is beautiful. I'm going to miss this. And you a know? fall day in Georgia. I mean, uh, yeah, 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 which we won't be seeing fall i guess but yeah <laughs> you know what i mean though yeah. it's 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 it can be uh um it's sad there's there's sad things there's things we're going to miss obviously we have family and here family
1: friends i mean you, you've you been in georgia for how long forever
2: 11 years yeah. this time yeah this time yeah <laughs> uh eight years the first time when i was a kid we actually live in the same house that we lived in as a kid and then uh, uh what um five years uh, the, the second time. So, you know, cumulatively I've spent more years in, in Georgia and, yeah. and Atlanta than anywhere else I've lived. Um, but yeah, you do like somebody like me, I I've got the wanderlust okay and I knew, and I would have been happy to do this, you know, five, six years ago, like kind of get up and find another place. Cause I just love doing that. We've lived in New York, LA, Florida, you know, okay. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just kind of built into me. A little different from my wife, but I think what sort of got her thinking that this was time to do, um, she started looking at statistics. Uh, Our youngest son is black, and when she started to learn that um, black men are, you know, one in six black men are likely to go to prison in their lifetime. Here in America. uh, Here in America, whereas you know, I don't know the numbers for white men, but it's a lot, you know, less likely, and uh, that this is trending in a bad direction, and that by the time he's an adult, it could easily be one in three black men that go to prison. Um, You know, we have a really messed up prison system, and again, these are all things, uh, yeah, they're fixing it, they're looking, you know. Mm -hmm. These things are, uh, maybe there's lip service paid to fixing a lot of these problems, but we haven't seen really any progress in this area. In the Netherlands, they're actually shutting their prisons down because they don't have enough people to put in them, you know.
1: Maybe that's some of that reason they don't have so, so many, so many laws on the books
2: and mm-hmm. so many strict laws for something that shouldn't be a law. That shouldn't be a law. Exactly. Yeah. Like they don't tolerate a lot of things. You know, I think there's a, there's that, uh, uh, accusation that's leveled at them that, you know, Oh, you let your junkies walk around in the streets and all this stuff. You know, uh, I have a friend over there. She works in a, um, she works for a legal firm that actually, uh, uh, represents people with HIV, and, and I, I'm not entirely certain how it works, but I think she's representing people overseas, and it's a very humanitarian, legal sort of thing. They, she works with a woman... <laughs> Who is uh, technically a heroin junkie? Okay, uh, but the woman is she shows up for work every day. She's productive.
1: So would it be akin to like a functioning alcoholic, as we call it here? She's a functioning heroin. It is, addict? but with
2: the help of the government. You know, the government just their their role is to make sure that she can continue to be a functioning member of society. Huh. That she doesn't die. That with, she's yeah, no worries it of safely. overdosing. Right, right. Okay, they're not like smiling on it and go, okay, yeah, can't yeah. wait to give you your next <laughs> shot of heroin here. But it's it's not seen the same way it's seen here here it's just like the you know it's like the family who finds out that their kids on drugs or their kids gay they just they disown them yeah and i'm like no 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 you you can't do that you know this if you love people you gotta you gotta do it this way and i think there was this um i was having a conversation with a guy there's people that we're talking to now that like literally mirror our our uh experience but maybe they did it a year ago or in some cases they're doing it around the same time but a a fellow i spoke to uh the other day was you know we kind of boiled it down to um, in America I feel like we are being trained to uh, compete against one another like and we talk about competition like Mm -hmm. that's a good thing and it is we want competition in business because it keeps prices low and innovation and all that but we are literally being forced to compete with one another. We are being taught... On the most
1: minute levels, probably.
2: Yeah. Well, think about it. Like, when you talk about... When you hear people talk about uh, people, immigrants are stealing our jobs and things like that, we are always talking about the things that cause problems in our lives as if it's the fault of the person the next tax bracket below us. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that's what we do here. It's like, that's how the narrative goes. And there doesn't seem to be enough people... There are people, but not enough, that will stand up and say, oh, "You should be maybe looking at the tax bracket three above you or something." I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying I have any of these answers, but <laughs> it's just weird that we're always blaming the people that are slightly poorer than us for the problems that we have, and we're always everything we do. You know, you want a good job. You want. You know, you're always competing against each other for these things here. I feel like, and when I speak to people over there. And, you know, and this is true in other places like Canada, I've heard this too, is that your your primary role, you don't see yourself as I need to beat down everybody else so I can get my peace. Mm-hmm. It's we all have to work together. These are my neighbors and they're my partners in keeping this country afloat and keeping it working, yeah. you know. And it may be a lot more subtle than that. I'm certain it is. I'm, you know, I don't want to generalize about it. There's plenty of generous non-competitive or you know there's plenty of people here who are helping each other working together so i'm generalizing please don't yeah. take what i'm saying as <laughs> you know but um you, in general i do get that sense that over there they see their their role not as what are my rights but what are my responsibilities and then that sort of feeds into um, guaranteeing your rights
1: how much of the business uh seen over in the netherlands uh, are they competitive and, sure. can, and can you make some good money over there or we're, or and, and that's maybe that's a good segue you'll still be doing what you do I'm still, but over there
2: right i'll still be producing video uh, motion graphics animation effects um i'll still be doing that uh, and that's why you're digitizing that's why that I'm, you mentioned early in the show. That's right. Okay. So the whole point of going over there is to reduce the stress that we have in our lives, but in doing so, we have created more stress than we've <laughs> ever had. In our, you know, in our existence, just to just kind of wrap everything up. So yeah. I have stacks of tapes, beta tapes, VHS tapes. I have DAT recordings of you know Tim Burton. By the way, if anybody loves Tim Burton and wants to you know get their hands on some original. Dat recordings of uh, uh, you know the, the the recordings we did for Stain Boy back in the late nineties early two thousands. Um, give me a shout. I'll I'll provide my info here. You can reach me through Mighty Pants on uh, on uh, on Facebook. You know how yeah. oh, we got to do it. Uh, Mighty Pants or Flinch Studio. Gosh, I'm everywhere. You are everywhere. But um, yeah. yeah, I've got these things that I and I've got a stack of Tim Burton's storyboards. Like they're not originals. They're his yeah. copies of his original his drawings. And I'm like. These are too huge to take to the Nether You know, somebody's got to love. I don't want, a, like, somebody who's going to sell them. I want someone who's going to love them. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, Is there a market I, for that stuff? I, 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 would I have just, no idea. Yeah, that's if why there you're... is, I am certainly no expert. <laughs> we've, we've tried to, you know, get people excited about this stuff, and it just doesn't – I don't, we don't know who we're supposed to be speaking to about it.
1: When did you and your wife uh,
2: start talking about this move? Uh, it's I, a building thing, certainly. Yeah, It's, no, building. it's been a year. And, it's a, been, uh, I think we started talking about it early last summer okay and um you know it it uh once we 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 went there in the fall like uh september october of last year just to see you know is this something we can do and we learned a lot um we've certainly learned negatives things that are not going to work for as well for us there as they would here we're giving up a lot of conveniences but um we're also doing something I've wanted to do my whole life, and that is getting rid of cars and using public transportation and, you know, Uber and, you know, exclusively. Just yeah. no more cars. We're going to bike, walk, all that stuff. But
1: I mean, I've seen on social media your wife just – it's like a
2: garage sale on her page. That's <laughs> <laughs> it, all it is. It is. <laughs> and, it, you know, part of it's like, yeah, we want to make a little money to make this a little easier yeah. for us, but – a lot of it's just we. This stuff needs to go. Like it's if you could see how much stuff we've already gotten rid of and how much we still have to get rid of. And that's her nervousness. She goes down in the basement where my studio is, and she's like, "Oh my god, you still have all these lights. You still have this <laughs> giant desk. You still have these computers." What are you? And I'm like, yeah, Are they I know. going with that kind of stuff going with you? Some of it is. Yeah, it's going to have to. Some of it I For have you to you let keep go going of what you do. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm bringing you know the stuff I need, but I'm letting go of some stuff that is handy and useful to have but uh, i've got to live without it mighty pants
1: and flinch studios can you can get in touch with tony uh, on that kind of stuff Through i'll Face tell you part, what this yeah. would be a nice time to take a quick break catch sure. our breath and i would love to continue this kind of conversation about moving to the netherlands because it's, it's fascinating to me and and your reasons why and all that good stuff so uh, my very special guest this hour is uh, the great tony grillo we're going to take a quick break and when we return more with tony grillo to the Manifesto with Billy Brew. That is Payphone Poets and their song, Tell the Truth. Uh, They are in the studio working on some original material. I will certainly keep you posted as that comes along. But my very special guest this hour is the great Tony Grillo. Probably his last live interview in the United States for quite a while. So uh, thanks again for being on the show.
2: Hey, welcome. And we're diving
1: into your personal life because I just find it fascinating. There's logistics involved in moving, uh, basically ceasing your life in America and then moving to the Netherlands. Right. Yeah, you're I mean you get, you're giving away your it's a your life is nothing but a garage sale. How how much do you anticipate taking over the, the physical stuff taking over to the Netherlands and right. how and how that's going to happen?
2: So imagine if you had to uh fill a, a, a large sized SUV like a <laughs> like a Suburban maybe with all, you know, everything you want to keep. That's probably about what we're bringing. Um and it's gotten to the point where there's things that we thought were just so damn special we have to hang on to this where we're still like
1: do we, though? Do we? Well, I was going to say, maybe the beginning process of weeding through stuff, you're going, oh, okay, we'll keep that. And then yeah. as it as the deadline draws near,
2: you go back you're, through you're it. throwing
1: stuff away left and right, I bet.
2: Or, you or whatever you're doing to exactly. it. Exactly. So the big thing I've been working on, uh, which, you know, there's no reason I couldn't have done this years ago. I should have. But... Uh, I uh, am taking all my old – I have old VHS, betas, and I said this before, the dats, all that stuff. And I have drawings, sketchbooks, stacks of paper, all these things. So I've been – and film strips, old Super 8 film strips. (laughs) And I'm digitizing everything. So I'm I'm actually going out and buying the equipment to digitize with and then – of course, selling it again. Uh, anyone need a really <laughs> nice Super 8 uh, digitizer? It's the, I, I can't say enough nice things about it. Um, <laughs> Mighty pants on Facebook. So uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but it's it's uh, uh, you know the process of digitizing means you're sitting there looking at your old films, you're looking at your old videos. Uh, you know, that's me with a mullet. I didn't realize how long I had a <laughs> so mullet. So you were for. true
1: about the mullet.
2: Oh God. Yeah. Oh man. I even have drawings, you know, self-portraits with the mullet, oh. and, I, and I bothered to make sure some of the mullet hair was oh, out the front so I could capture that. You were yeah. not that guy, were you? I was that oh, guy. Oh man. I had no idea why gay men were hitting on me all the time. <laughs> They're like, it's the mullet, dude. You're just too oh. irresistible. Oh God. I'm like, okay. Y'all, so. have to,
1: post, y'all have to post something on that, just or at least send me a picture. I gotta see that.
2: Oh, I'm happy to All right, yeah. please yeah. Do. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of. Uh, you know i'm done being embarrassed about my mullet i got so much (laughs) other stuff to be embarrassed about now you know it's it's just a part of the 80s but um yeah no it's it's you know i'm getting this is the hard part because i'm literally at that point now where i'm i've got these beta cassettes and i have to decide is it worth like 500 bucks to have these things digitized or do i just want to let go i mean i'm proud of some of the work on there but what am i going to do with it i mean i'm not going to really do anything with it again as so long as i have like the the crappy vhs copy of it digitized or whatever so i'm you know you're having to make really tough decisions constantly about letting go of stuff
1: and you're doing your whole digital catalog uh, of your all of your work you're digitizing it yes the entire
2: everything i can possibly how long yeah.
1: does that take and how long have you been doing that
2: now it should take about a year and i'm trying to squeeze it into a month so Are you kidding me yeah wow. no it's really taken a you know a lot of my time up while also still working on jobs healing from my knee surgery you know trying to set up our, our appointments and everything over there i wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff without tanya my wife yeah. i mean she's the amazing taskmaster who can you know keep you on track and while writing children's books on the side <laughs> and working a full-time job. Jeez. Yeah.
1: Well, so when are you, when are you leaving?
2: Not um, that I'm trying to get rid of you. Right? No, no. Uh, <laughs> we're actually moving out at the end of this month. Our, uh, you know, we're basically in that last phase of of uh, contract. You know, on the house. And the house
1: is it, there's an offer on it.
2: Yeah, we've got okay. the offer. We've just they've just sent the uh, appraiser yesterday. Nice guy. Did uh, driving and crying's new album cover apparently. That's he's an artist on the side. Okay, cool. Uh, what is it? The real Frank T. I think is what he is on on Instagram. Check him out. He's, he's the world's coolest realtor. He really is. He really is. He <laughs> was a very cool guy. We had but, a lot of stories but um uh you know he uh um you know we were talking a little bit about what's involved he's like driving and crying's gonna be playing in netherlands in the in october i'm like oh my god you know like i'm gonna be there and I'll automatically i'll get my georgia music fix or yeah. whatever if i need it <laughs> um but uh uh you know we're almost done with that so at the end of july we're out of the house. Um, My wife and son, oldest son, are actually going to be staying here until December because he's got to finish out high school, and he's got like a half year to to go. Um, He thankfully was sort of ahead of the uh, schedule there, Um, while my other son and I go in September. So for a month – I'm kind of homeless, but we've got some really great <laughs> friends <laughs> who are putting light, us up. I guess. Oh yeah. I mean it's far we're as like, personage we're and be, yes. uh, yeah, okay. We're going down to suit, living out of a suitcase mode, uh, basically all whatever luggage I'm going over with. So the real, this is the real like challenge that we're going through now is figuring out shipping. Shipping is very complicated. I bet. Because they've got these wild, you know, it's like Wild West taxing over there. You don't know if they're going to tax you for your computer or not tax you or how much the tax is going to be. It's very vague. Okay, These are the things, you know, like I was saying, not everything's going to be perfect over there. And if you hate taxes, just don't even waste your time with another the one. <laughs> they love taxes over there. But it does mean that you get some pretty amazing life, you know, they've got this, uh, you know, they talk about their work-life balance and how, you know, and everyone I know that, you know, when you decide you're going to do something like this, you find all the Facebook groups that Americans in the Netherlands and, you know, and we've done a lot of reading and talking and questions and, you know, just other people's questions. And and it's, uh, it's incredible, like the the amount of people who have moved there from here and they all say the same thing. I don't regret coming here. I'm very happy we did this. Um, You know, it's yes, it's different. It's stressful. It's confusing when you get here. But after the first month, you can already feel all that stress just kind of going out of you. And I need that. I, I really think that within the next five, 10 years of my life, I'm going to be developing serious health problems if I don't take the stress down and you're not
1: kidding about that
2: no i am not i've already i'm already experiencing those problems it's just not serious yet yeah um things that you can't explain you know just the the weariness the fatigue in the middle of the day the uh the dizziness the 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 tinnitus Mm -hmm. these are all things that come from not sleeping and and being stressed out and I can't, you know, I can't say that as a non-doctor what exactly is causing it all, but I know that my stress is constantly there. My amygdala, the fight or f- fight or flight part of your brain yeah. is constantly in the on position. Mm. And, you know, I need to dial that down. It needs to go away. And this is, to me, was the, you know, it was kill many birds with one stone, but, um, You know, I just don't think uh, it's going to get less stressful. I don't think life for any American is going to get less stressful in the upcoming years. I think it's just going to get worse. I hate to say that. I don't wish that upon anybody. Uh, But we have been watching things change. And, and, you know, we we talked about this. There are certainly some political reasons to want to go. I I can say this. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter who wins the 2020 election. I do feel very certainly that there's going to be bloodshed. There's either going to be a lot of very angry people who didn't like the results of the election, or there's going to be a lot of, uh, what's the word, emboldened, that, that Bush used to like to use, the, a lot of emboldened people who are going to be out in the streets, uh, you know, whatever, flexing muscles. But it's uh, it looks scary to me. It really does. And I might be wrong, but yeah. I don't know if you've seen this video of people like getting into a violent fight at Disney, Disney World. I did see that. And I look at that, and I'm like, if if we're in a place now where people are fighting at Disney World. Yeah. Disney World, And Then they'll, fi- they'll start fighting in church. And they'll fight in you know. church, yeah. I mean, come on. Everyone's spoiling for a fight. You know, my sister was telling me the other day, she's in a parking lot, and this guy was just wouldn't move. So she kind of went around him, and he gave her the finger for no reason. Like, she wasn't even, like, she might have been, like, looking at him like this. She gave him the finger. I'm like... Everyone just is ready for a hair fight. trigger. I mean, just it, yeah. yeah,
1: you're you're right, and 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 it's always the way that so someone cuts you off in traffic, yet they flick you off.
2: Yeah, because right,
1: yeah, right. W- wait, wait, whoa, you cut me off, and then you're mad at me. Yeah, you know, come on, man. And there's nothing it, new yeah. there. We've no. all
2: we've seen that go on for years, but I feel like that type of rage is so pervasive now. It's just everywhere. It's in more places than we've ever seen it. There's more, you know shootings there's more uh oh god and this crap going on at the border uh you know children in cages you know again i know we've had these things before but they are happening at such levels and with such a lack of of remorse you know we we've it seems like there are people who will just justify any terrible action with well they're breaking the law or you know i don't know they're they're not <laughs> they're too brown i don't know it just feels yeah. sometimes like uh uh, i don't know my neighbors anymore i don't know my fellow Americans anymore
1: and, and with the with the advent of just instant news and they just cram everything regardless of who you watch oh. and, and regardless of your political affiliation, they just yeah. cram everything down your throat yeah
2: news for profit that's, that's as it as soon as the news companies in control going, for their profit yeah it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day. if news organizations are allowed to profit now, like that was never the intention, but it was never the they never said you couldn't yeah yeah uh but if if they're permitted to profit from the ratings that they get on news, I feel like then if, if you show me on the news, I should get royalties. You're profiting now. You're, in that, you're, you're, you're an entertainment profit model. Anything you put on the news, maybe that person deserves royalties.
1: That's interesting. Then you have to sign
2: waivers, even though you were just a victim of a robbery or something. Right. And, and you're being interviewed
1: on the news. That's right. Then sign a waiver. well,
2: it's news. We don't have to get a waiver from you. Yeah. You're making the news. I, and, and again, I'm not sure how the, the rule, but I know how entertainment copyright yeah. and, and, and you know, release, talent release and all that stuff yeah. works. And uh, it's entertainment. News is entertainment. It, it really
1: is. Ha- but it has been for years. It has
2: been for years, yeah. You
1: know, I mean, I know, it's, I
2: mean it's,
1: and, and it's unfortunately, it's always the adage, if it bleeds, it leads how yeah. How much even on the local level i, I don't really oh. watch news anymore How much do you I used to actually as a kid welcome the you know the good news stories yeah they don't have those anymore now thank God for they Facebook might stick one at the
2: end maybe of the at the very now. for
1: twenty seconds maybe yeah um but thank God for facebook now it's a that's a wasteland of of garbage sometimes yeah, But then there are You'll see a couple of feeds Pop yeah, up that Oh
2: that's a good story This kitten And this well, yeah. aardvark Became best friends Yeah I'd rather see that than I would a, rather A sometimes. fight at Disney I yeah. mean you gotta see a little You know you have to be aware Of what's going on But yeah in local news You know you only see it When you're at grandma's house Or something you like, yeah. oh yeah this She still watches this It's it's terrifying Like they just Every story is a murder A rape But you know And again And look. that's
1: a numbers game Because if if they If the news outlets Scare you I have to watch the news because I'm scared to death.
2: They'll tell me what to do. And that's, you just landed on the thing that I think was probably the most important factor, the realizing how much of our society, how much of our motivation is driven entirely by fear. Yeah. We were, um, this is a story, and this was years ago, like 14, 15 years ago, my brother and I were uh, up in Canada working on an animation job, and, We were eating uh, lunch, and this waitress, you know, kept coming by. Server, I'm sorry, is the right term. Um, (laughs) Yeah, come on, it it is the new millennium. That's right. (laughs) And I'll dive into that too. But there's, um, you know. She just was kind of weird to us. And we kept going, you know, and all Canadians are so weird. What is it about Canadians? They're so odd. There's something there that's missing. and And We talked about it for a while, and we realized it was fear. They don't fear. They don't live in fear. And that has become so strange to us as Americans that, you know, to meet somebody who lives without fear, um, I mean, you don't see a lot of middle class, lower middle class, even not that many upper middle class people mixing with the super wealthy, the people who can afford to live without fear. Yeah. Most of us live with fear. Even upper middle class, you're always worried, who's going to supplant me and take my job, take mm-hmm. my position, take my house? I do feel like we live in a perpetual state of fear here, and I don't know what it feels like to not feel that way anymore. You might get some sleep over there. I might get some <laughs> sleep. It's, it's just the thought of it is like, wow. Now,
1: would the, would the mullet-wearing 23-year-old Tony Grillo do this kind of move back then? I think now certainly before your awesome wife and your kids and everything. Sure, but,
2: but just just knowing just knowing what you know now. Uh, back then, I don't know. Yeah. You know, today because you were killing. I mean, you were I, enjoying... I look at what millennials are facing, or not even millennials anymore. Like the next generation, was yeah. it generation. Oh god, Z I have no or, idea. Yeah. I look at what they're facing. What my son, kids, who are just going into college now and then have to go get a job. I look at what they're facing. I wouldn't want to be in that place. And it's look, it's not like everything's just going to be perfect over there there's problems there's they're uh you know they're as capitalist as we are just about you know there's it's not like a socialist country where don't worry there will always be bread and toilet paper on the table (laughs) you know it's not like that over there it's just there's just a slightly different balance between uh profit and human dignity i think human dignity takes just a slight edge over over profit you know but there's this other thing i see happening here too it's it's not just you know so we're liberal. We're left-leaners, and and we're not crazy about the the symptom that that our current political uh, system represents. Um, But it's also what's going on on college campuses, this far-left, insane political correctness, you know, this idea that you can get fired for not using the right pronoun, you know. Yeah. That's insane, man, and it's not helping... You know, it's not helping the left to no. so let that stuff keep happening. We have to curtail that. Look, you use the wrong pronoun; it's okay. When you can get we not
1: misspeak? To... I mean, I mean, misspeak or something, or is it... yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. It's 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 There's not no a civil crime. no discourse anymore. No, and it's gotten cra- and this is another thing I've noticed just from my experiences yeah. being in the Netherlands. It's not like that over there. They don't they don't suffer foolishness like that. It's yeah. just like look, you know, we we've worked out, you know, you're black, you're white, you're Asian, it doesn't matter who you are over here, you're equal. It we've worked that out. Yeah. Like they had their problems, you know, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. They've pretty much worked it out since then. They still got little racial issues. They've got Zwart Pete, which is like a heck is that? really offensive uh Christmas character where they paint themselves in blackface. It sounds offensive. big red. Yeah, you know, it's it is. And you should look it up. It's okay. it's but, you know, they're they're dealing with it and maybe a little too strongly but there's people like it's just tradition it's he's a chimney sweeper it's nothing you know it's okay it's not nothing so it's not perfect over there but in terms of how they treat each other and the opportunities that are available the systematic aspect of racial you know relations it's mostly been worked out you don't see that kind of like switch going off Uh, oh this is a black guy i have to treat him differently than i would treat a white guy you don't see that over there it's just a natural there's a lot of mixed race couples there's a lot of mixed you know uh, uh, same-sex marriage and and that nobody flinches at that stuff anymore
1: my question is uh and i've thought thought this for years instead of being a white guy and or a black guy why can't it just be a guy a guy and there's a guy yeah there's a girl
2: You know, I mean, someday it can. I mean, I think we all know someday it can. But until the systematic aspect of things, you know, I mean, you go back, the the problems we have now, the inequalities we have now, started centuries ago, and they just haven't been fixed. And now, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about reparations and everything. I'm like, okay, you know, that's going to be a a a very tender topic. That's going to cause people to, and you know the uh, i don't know i don't have the answers to uh to to bring justice to a system that's been broken so long and is 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 working very slowly and and not effect effectively enough to repair itself um but i can tell you that there are other places in the world that have worked it out a little bit better than we have but then know. other places in the world are a lot older as a nation mm-hmm. than we are
1: netherlands you know are probably what hundreds if not yeah uh years old
2: yeah, and they're amazing uh, engineers over there. Do they, do they there.
1: value old buildings like they don't do yes. here in Atlanta, like historic buildings? or I mean, Oh, we need the space. Let's tear it down. Yeah,
2: they, they you know, do. Beautiful architecture. They they value that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you, you can see. And I think a lot of it's just because people are still living in them. They're like, wait, <laughs> that helps. You can't tear this down. I live here. But think about this.
1: I mean, in the United States, in my lifetime... The Atlanta Braves have played in three stadiums. Three we, stadiums. Have, we
2: have disposable stadiums. We have disposable stadiums. You're right. How is that possible? <laughs> I know it is. It's crazy. Like uh, when I left uh, in '90 90, or '95, I left and I lived in California for a while. I moved back in 2008. Yeah. Right when I left, they were they had just built the Georgia Dome. I think a couple of years earlier, yeah. and they were building it because well, we got the Olympics. It's going to be great. When I got back, they were tearing it down to put a new door. Like I'm like, wait, you just built this thing, you know?
1: Yeah, so so, yeah, and the Falcons three stadiums as well. But then you you mentioned LA Dodger Stadium has been around since 1959 or something like that, and they're still and earthquakes and all, they're holding on to it. That's right, that's right. You know, (laughs) earthquakes and all. I I don't understand that. So we got just a few more minutes with you. Um, So you are when when, when when do you get on that plane, you and
2: Ben? Uh, On the 4th of September. You're gone. Me and my youngest go.
1: Is there anything you need to do from between then and when your wife comes, are you coming back and forth oh. or are you just staying over
2: there? And, and She's going to come visit once. Okay. A lot of it is just how the hell are we getting our stuff over there? Okay. Should we ship it? Should we put it in suitcases and bring the suitcases? There's a lot of yes. maneuvering we have to do. How, you know, how new of a computer am I allowed to have uh, before they want to tax the hell out of it, you know? So there's all these different little factors like that. But essentially when I get over there, the first thing is get my son in school, you know, get get all this paperwork that we need so that we can get a place and start living in that place. Um, so he's going to be in a language school. My job then is going to be becoming my wife's arms and legs. Like she's going to be okay. sending me on missions left and right. And as will my, you know, immigration lawyer, you got to, you know, you're smart to get a lawyer for everything you need to do over there or, or a consultant. If you try to do it on your own, it's much harder. And I'm just like, look, you know, it's going to hurt us. It's going to, it's going to cost, but we got to do this. It's going to make it easier.
1: During all of this. And this is a joint decision that you and your wife made, Mm -hmm. how they're stressed
2: there. This is uh, a joint decision that my wife made.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, that's funny. But y'all, are y'all getting along?
2: Uh, yes, we're, we're, by necessity barely, or but truly, barely, getting along. truly, barely, but truly okay. getting along. Yeah. that has
1: got to something, something, as major as this has got to put some strain on yeah, something.
2: It, it does. And the only thing that kind of keeps us going is the same thing that's kept us going all these years, which is that we never forget that we're on the same team, yeah. that we're working with each other for a very strong reason. Um, you know, I had to get over my idiot, you know, young man stuff that probably took me, you know, twice as long as it should have to realize when she's making sense yeah. and I'm just being stupid, you know, like that's always going to be my challenge.
1: Isn't it amazing how it, I've known that women are always, are supremely smarter than us, yeah. us stupid men. Yeah. But um it's more in it's more enforced now than ever. I mean I kinda knew it in the twenties, but I thought I'm maybe a little bit smarter. No, no, no. We're never smarter than them.
2: Well ever. there's two things you have to remember. We we completely depend on them for our survival. And yes. I don't mean the survival of the species. I mean just I depend on my <laughs> wife for my survival. It's okay, um, man.
1: It's so archaic. It, it, but it is. it's true.
2: It is true. And the other thing is that um, women are smart enough to figure out a way to have babies without men. And they will. At, th- at that they point, really don't need we're us. just here by their by their good graces. Yeah. So
1: we're the guy. We're the people to take out the trash. Yeah, and
2: yeah. do the heavy lifting. And kill literally. the bugs. That's thank right. God kill the for cockroaches, man. <laughs> I, I canceled the exterminator a long time ago so that I would still be useful in the house.
1: Tony Grillo, thank you so much for being uh, on the show. Best of luck in the Netherlands, man. I'm I'm excited thank for you, you, but I'm also sad that you're going to be going. But hey,
2: you and wh- I will be in touch.
1: You can be my uh, my first international interview. How about oh, that? We'll great did, great. when you get settled, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll have you back on the show all right thanks awesome for Tony Griddle, thank you very much Greg thank you for being just the rock uh that holds my ship together next week we'll be back with uh yet another high school friend of mine Gene Wright will be in the studio so uh t- stay tuned for that and y'all have a great weekend we'll see you next week